let's talk about sex. Well, it's hard to believe, but, you know, we've had this string, Gina, of never missing a week. I know it. And now it's happened twice. Oh, my. You know, and Say one, it isn't so. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes life just gets in the way of the things that we really <laughs> want to be doing. And, you know, the first time we missed, I think it was just because of vacation schedules and illness and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and kids. You know, just things that just happen right towards the end of summer. And then this one, I'll take the blunt of it. It's all me, Gina. <laughs> that I was laid up on drugs. I don't have a drug problem. Unless I had have surgery, which, you know, that's what I was coming off of. It was a, kind of a quick procedure I was not expecting. And so taking care of a hernia is a, a roller coaster, I guess is the best way to talk about it. There you go. So Poor dog. Yeah, you know, that's just, that's just part of, you know, getting old, as my wife would harass me every so often. Well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, and we are, we are glad you've joined us. Uh, it's Dr. Corey Allen with Gina Paris, where we are talking about sex and marriage, the good and the bad, and anything and everything in between. Yeah, the unsexy <laughs> things like hernias. Yes. Heaven help us. <laughs> yeah, the, the human body doesn't always perform the way we wish. Yeah. Speaking of perform. <laughs> hey, that's a good segue right there. So while we were away, uh, we did get a great email from a, a listener. Mm-hmm. saying, hey, I want your advice because, you know, they're into marriage and into life and into sex and having some things that have come up, they were not expecting or were exactly. not planning. So sure. probably the best way is I'm just going to read it. I'll paraphrase parts of it. Okay. And then let's just unpack it because I think this would be, there's, I know for sure there's more people than just this emailer. That have, had, Absolutely. that have had similar circumstances arise in their life. So, all right. So it starts with Corey and Gina, your sexy marriage podcast on July 4th, which by the way, was on the help. My spouse says I'm boring, boring. Mm-hmm. It struck a chord and it opened my eyes to some things that I need to avoid, such as being timid or indecisive and some tips for what I should be doing, such as being assertive, pinning my wife against the wall, etc. <laughs> However, I think we are beyond the point where those sort of things alone will help the sex in our marriage. So before we were married, my wife and I were in a five-year long-distance relationship. During that time, the sex was frequent and fantastic most of the time, except for a few times when I would worry about how I was performing, causing me to lose my erection. We moved in together nine months before we got married, and once we moved in, the sex started tapering off, and then his anxiety got worse. Actually, we had great sex during the honeymoon, but again, when we got home, the sex tapered off. Now, we haven't had sex in the past year. The last time we tried, it felt like she was letting me have sex with her rather than being engaged and enjoying it, which of course made me lose my confidence and I couldn't perform. I was extremely discouraged after that, and I figured I would wait for her to initiate. Of course, that hasn't happened, which has further decreased my sexual confidence. Recently, I've talked to her about how much it bothers me that we never have sex and are never even intimate, and rarely is she affectionate towards me. She's been better about giving me affection, but now we both have so much anxiety around sex that I'm not sure where to begin. Every time I think about trying to make a move, I just start thinking about all the times I've been rejected, and this causes me to not be able to or get and maintain an erection. Fairly certain there's nothing physical going on, 
But whenever I think about it, it really upsets me that we're young and they're in their 20s and we live in a sexless marriage since we sh- this should be the best years of our marriage. What can we do to eliminate the anxiety that we both have towards sex? Thanks for your advice. So there's a lot. Well, and there is a lot there. And the 20s can be the best years of your life, and so can the 30s and the 40s and 50s. So right off the bat, we can take the word should right off, you know. <laughs> right. It's going to kind of hang some condemnation over your head it is what it is right now and it can turn around right and it's and it's that idea of it seems like we have lots of things in our life that we create this standard towards that we should have whatever because we're comparing it to some sort of a standard or some sort of an expectation and so what you're saying and i completely agree is we got to learn how to live in the moment and and live with where we are and decide the only the only thing that really matters is how do I feel about it? <laughs> you know, what's what do I want? Is it good for me or not? Well, and is it good for our relationship? And is it good for her? Right. So, um, I, you know, I to think that their last experience, he he used the phrase that it, she was letting me have sex with her. Right. Well, that's going to happen a lot, and so if that's going to diminish. There's just going to be time. If that's going to diminish your ability to enjoy yourself or enjoy that one act together, then that is going to probably put a lot of undue pressure because we're, we come together from all different states of mind. And so, you know, if when we have those experiences where you don't feel totally connected and as much pleasure as you wanted, that would have been the time to address it. maybe right away and say wow you know I'm not sure what went wrong there I was feeling insecure when I felt like you just weren't into it I took it personally and you know right off the bat as much as you can start exploring your feelings because what happened with this young couple is they got physical so fast Mm -hmm. that I wonder how much time they spent growing emotionally intimate and intellectually intimate, and and learning skills about just being a, a couple. So yeah, because you're up against they got to rebuild. Yeah, you're up against the issue of when you have sex, and and even when you just talk about it in the uh, under Early. the umbrella of um, being physical with each other, whether it's sex or not, you know, whether right. it's where whether there's, there's high eroticism and high passion. Early in the relationship, we've talked about how it's a chemical concoction in your brain that skews everything and it, and it will go away and it won't come back to the same level, period. But it's also skewed by the idea that when you're just dating and meeting each other, when you're together, the focus is together. The focus is on each other and it's just right. sexually charged. And then you go away and live the other parts of your life. And then when you start to get together full time and you move into each other with each other or you get married – and then move in together, you have to see all the entirety of a life. And so it's real easy to get thrown off course and derailed by things because now all of a sudden someone's invading my space and someone's, I have to start to learn to accommodate to someone else in my world. And I have to possibly have the choice of giving up on some things that I would like to do and for the sake of the, you know, and all those kinds of things start to get in there and cloud things. So, 
that can that immediately puts a tremendous amount of pressure on what used to come pretty easily because you both were looking forward to the times you would spend together. Yeah, especially five years they were apart. Yeah. So you could imagine if they you, were looking forward yeah, to sex every time yeah, they were together. Yeah, you have long together. distance added to it, then you just yeah. have a greater longing sure. for each other. So it, that immediately skews everything. So it, it is just a normal act of life that whenever you have to live with somebody else, there will be things you have to grow through and, and work through. And that's right. not, and I don't think that's, that's relational and that's individual. Because the stuff I have to go through with my wife, with Pam, you know, there's stuff she and I have to work through. But then there's also things I have to just work through when, in regards to her. It's none of her business or concern. It's on me, not her. Right. And also that's true with everything, our careers, our stuff, our, you know, stuff we want to buy, our possessions. The the new car smell wears off. <laughs> so yep. you're stuck you're stuck then with how do I make this new and how do I keep this fresh and how do I stay in a place of gratitude and engagement. So it's actually okay. What you're dealing with is it's a it's a great opportunity to to bust through something and grow to the next level so let's not be too discouraged here let's take the anxiety head on right off the bat right because that's that's what if, if i was to capture this entire email i mean what what's glaring to me is it's all about anxiety it's, absolutely it's all about and so there's anxiety and worry is tripping them up performance anxiety and relationship anxiety right so um, you know, there's that saying that what we resist persists. And so you're resisting facing, he's resisting facing this situation of failure or of his emotions and only totally envisioning his sex life in light of failure. So that makes right. you resist, obviously, going to that place that was painful. So right off the bat, anytime we're working with anyone that's got anxiety, whether it's in the bedroom or outside of the bedroom, is to take a deep breath and acknowledge the distressing emotion. Okay. On one hand, I like to tell people that when your body is feeling anxiety or worry, it's sort of just your subconscious mind taking all the data that it's had up until now and telling you, mayday, mayday, it might not be safe here. Okay. So if you can look at it that way instead of resisting, thinking, oh, my God, not now, not now, not this, not, not this performance problem, not this anxiety. If instead you can embrace it and just say, okay, even though I feel this anxiety, I totally accept myself with all my emotions and I choose to see what unfolds or I choose to be calm and confident. So acknowledge the distress, offer acceptance, and create an empowering choice. If you can learn to do that in the bedroom, you can learn to do that at work, you can learn yeah. to do that when you're on the soccer field, you can do that anytime you're facing pressure. Right. Acknowledge the emotion, right. offer acceptance, and, and then create a response. So a lot of that's going to come with things that you and I talk about just real naturally, like take a deep breath. Yeah, and it's it's just like it's center yourself. It's exactly it's be present in the moment, the good and the bad of it. It's the slow it down, even derail it if you need. And this I'm thinking of just a relational sexual component for a moment. Of mm -hmm. you're in the middle of sex, and all of a sudden performance anxiety strikes, or mm -hmm. 
worry strikes or even go the other end of the side of I all of a sudden just disengage, you know, I lost the feeling and the connection. Yeah. And so I'm now all of a sudden I'm worried about, oh, did I get the stuff taken care of for the kids? You know, and all the other things that can just creep up in the middle of sex. Wait, do men do that too? Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it can happen. I don't, yeah, I mean, it can happen. Sure, everybody disconnects. And even if it's not on the, a to-do list. Okay. What a, it could be a fantasy list. It could there be a, I've disengaged and I've started, started, I've started fantasizing about something else I saw or some other event or something in order to maintain my erection or maintain my ability to finish or whatever it is that's the goal. So all of that is going on in this most intimate moment together that yeah. no wonder we get derailed so easily. So if you can be in the moment and if you get derailed or you notice your spouse's derailment, say so. Stop. Speak up because it's a chance to reestablish connection. It's a chance to repair disconnection. It's a chance to utilize just some self-soothing techniques that also are relational techniques. That are exactly. Just, that are just saying, hey, I lost it. Can we back up a few steps? Or... Can we talk? Can we, you know, whatever. And it, it just puts it right on the table, which diminishes the power it has over you. I don't know if it completely takes it away. You know, right. So it's just the idea of, you know, you're a big proponent of acknowledge it and choose the good. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, act as if almost. And, and that's a totally valid approach, but it doesn't always work. Right. You know, so so it's just the idea of, OK, I can try it. And if it doesn't work, that's right. I'll keep going with something else. I'll keep going. There's not a one size fits all for everything. Yes. The the big key, no matter what, is to to hold your own power, kind of stand in your power in that place of love and power so that this emotion or this energy or this energy that fell flat or whatever is not more powerful than you right it's just it's just a little element of what's going on here and it's a it's a piece that we can explore and move forward through right and then let's also give the advice of let's reframe it that right the disconnection the the struggle the derailing the mislaid plan of I'm going to just wait until she initiates, just destined to yeah, fail. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, that's destined to fail. <laughs> if you're the high desire partner, real quick detour, if you're the high desire partner, initiation is on you. <laughs> that is just the way it is. And I think you and I are both in the same same boat of largely that's the guy. And, and largely that's Except his. when it's not. Well, yeah, but... Largely, it's him. He's responsible, quote unquote, for a majority right. of the initiations. So yeah. that's just reality. So it's kind of realize when we have all of these things that happen, if we can relabel it, reframe it into what if it's nothing going wrong? What if it's actually a process at work? Exactly. What if it's so normal? What if it's natural? Mm -hmm. Which, hello, it is. It is natural. And like anything in life, it, life is, you know, 90 percent, 
we're 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Yeah. So, so when all this energy goes flat here or you're feeling incompatible or disappointed, then, then the growth happens when we choose how to react to it. Because I know, just like he's saying his wife, that would probably be my, my response also. <laughs> Shut down. Pull okay. back. I don't like this. It, and just do my own thing. Whatever. And right. then as a woman, because we're not, not, we're probably not aroused. She's not aroused. We're often not aroused until we're stimulated. So not coming close, not moving towards her, not pursuing her means she's just not feeling it. Right. So. Yeah, I love the I, idea that most men want a wife to want to have sex with them. And, but, you know, as wives, as women in yes. general, she, she can't get that on her own. It's a co-created kind of a thing that the guy helps bring that about. The husband helps bring that about by pursuing her, by speaking to her, by, by seeking her out, by, mm -hmm. by setting reveling, the stage, yeah, by reveling in her, by mm -hmm. just acknowledging her beauty, by you know, all kinds of different things that happen between men and women. Right. That that's the kind of stuff that easily gets slipped to the side when marriage takes over. It does get slipped to the side. And this is why so many of the men fall into this dilemma then. Well, because I, maybe because they're so compartmentalized through their day where we're thinking probably about our husband in the back of our mind somewhere, just not sexually, where he's, you know, working and then watching Spike TV or whatever finally comes to bed and then he's like oh rolls over and wants to have some action right. and and so that's just really a bad recipe for connection because she's not been feeling it so that that creates resentment on her part and it's not that she's resent, rejecting him sexually it's just it was, she kind of is because she's feeling rejected emotionally and as a person yeah yeah and well they both are Exactly. You know, they both are feeling rejected because every time he attempts an advance, it's been rejected. So therefore, that just compiles and compiles and compiles to where now if I do, it's probably really timid, real tentative. Exactly. And it's not really a bold, Ar strong, which that's the exact opposite of what's of, arousing of how it all plays out too. Yeah. I mean, look at it, look at it through the lens of just a language or a metaphor. Okay. You know, if, if you live a life that is timid and kind of waiting for other people to open the door and, you know, real hesitant, well, no wonder when it comes to sex, it plays out very, very similar. It's real timid. Well, it's real timid. Absolutely. And it's real tender. And it's real. And it, not that it shouldn't be tender and loving and all, but it's still, it's not bold and firm and strong. And which that's very arousing to women. I think it comes down to a failure consciousness 
he's kind of vibrating or resonating this failure consciousness and that's what for a woman we want we want to see your strength and we want to see your confidence when you operate in strength and confidence and then in that place you also share your vulnerability that is very very sexy because we feel like oh we're that special one that sees his vulnerability inside of this toughness right. that's very arousing but if he's just walking around with a failure consciousness with a like you said, a timidity uh, that causes a guy to kind of mope or feel sorry for himself or lose his drive and, and become like the title first caught his eye, boring. Yeah. My yeah. spouse says I'm boring. So that creates definitely a lack of passion. Okay. So the last thing that comes to my mind as far as a direction or a, a conversation we need to have that will help this couple mm -hmm. is th they're getting so caught up in an attachment to outcome. Right. It's so performance-driven. I mean, he even said, then I start worrying about my performance, which that's all goal-oriented, that I can't then perform. Right. Which is common, too. I mean, It is common. You take it just out of the sexual arena. You know, if you get into any kind of high-impact, high-pressure sport, when it gets higher and higher on that intensity, those that excel are those that can calm down and and harness that that process and it not alter them so yeah so when you're talking about attachment to outcome when you make a move i'll speak directly to you this is this is directly to the listener so mm -hmm. i've stopped making moves because of all the past rejections well okay first off those are past rejections who knows how she is today in this moment, in this exact situation and circumstance she's in in life. There is no guarantee either way if it's going to be accepted or refused. So what? You still go after what you're interested in. That's just the story of life. So all the past failures, all the past attempts that have been shot down, those are all past Today is today. So make a move and see what happens. Well, I, I would suggest taking her to some place in her mind that is a good place. So, like, you know, remind her. You Kiss her and remind her. Remember when we were here and it went like this? I think about okay. that all the time. Okay. And, and so, you know, we are so aroused by our imagination so instead of focusing on those failures don't, don't go there there's nothing good there right. you had a whole library of good memories so bring some of those up and and, and reinforce your strength as as a, a couple and a lover and and start whispering those things to her about about those places and, and, and where it's you want yeah go ahead it's also it's, about a move a move not for sex though it's just exactly. make a move for connection yeah Make a move to be with her. Make a move to be near her. And this, this works for her, too. Make a move to be beside him. Make a move to, to connect, to, to look eye to eye, to send each other a text. I mean, whatever it is, it's real simple. I mean, that's, that's where the, to change course is really simple when you think about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do, do something different. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to try a different approach. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm going to just throw it out there and see. So it's not about 
attaching an outcome of, okay, I'm going to make a move because I want to have sex. Yeah. It's, I'm going to make a move because I want to be with this woman. I want to be with my spouse. And then whatever happens, happens. And then you kind of, in the moment, you go for what you're looking for, for what you want, knowing if I get it or I don't, that's not the point. It's that I want to be true to myself. I want to speak to the best in myself. And I want to seek what I'm interested in, what I want with another, with my spouse. Yeah. And so for something different, we've sometimes said to the low desire spouse, initiate sex, go for it. To the high desire spouse, initiate conversation with that woman. So do something different. But also you might want to just have a conversation with her and say, you know what, I just want to spend some time together and I want the whole focus of our time together to be me bringing you pleasure whether it's sexual or not I want to just explore your body I'll even have some clothes on that you know so maybe take the pressure we're, we're talking about taking sex off of the table right is why I'm talking like this you're thinking how can I have sex with my clothes on well because for this moment maybe you won't and so if you can sort of take off the pressure and and just focus on saying for 15 solid minutes I am going to just do touch you and, and look at you and, and kiss you and, and feel your hair and your face and your, you, you know, work her body and bring her pleasure. So if you can do that and enjoy it for what it is, I think it'll help bring that wall of anxiety down as well. Yeah, and, it, and it's something that you can do together. It's also something you can do alone. Okay, how do you do that okay. alone? It's the idea of... <laughs> How in my own life am I present moment to moment with the people I'm around? You know, because it's very likely, just because we've alluded to all the time, the way we do life will play into the way we do sex, and the way we do sex plays into the way we do life. Well, that same mindset goes throughout the day. How connected are you with people you're around? How connected are you with yourself as you go through your moments and moments in life? I mean, there's mm -hmm. so much distraction. There's so much disconnection that we can have. I mean, we can go through life mindless if we wanted to. We, we really could. Because you get a whole idea of just it's roles and responsibilities, and that's all my life is. Yeah, and you're just living to, for some kind of stress relief later. Like, oh, if I can just get through this, if I can just get through this, just get through this. Yeah, that's a lousy way to enjoy life. So it's, it's learning how to self-soothe and be in the moment in every moment of your life. Learning how to be present. You know, when you're standing in line someplace, do you pull out the phone and start checking everything? Or do you just stand and be present in that moment? There's a difference between those two choices. Well, a huge percentage of young people under the age of 30 have their cell phones texting while they're in bed. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, a huge percentage of people, when I if, if you use the routes I drive every day, a huge percentage of people have their cell phones in text while driving <laughs> still. I mean, yes. everybody's on their phone doing something. Yes, thinking they're connected, but it makes you disconnected. So turn it off. So just be present. I mean, it, it yes. literally is. Because that's just this, this morning, Gina. You know, we're mm -hmm. recording this show later in the day. And mm -hmm. so this morning, I go to a Panera every morning and write. And so it's kind of like this is the first week kind of back to normal for me. So I take the kids to school. I get there and I pull in the parking lot and I'm like, huh, I don't have my phone. 
oh well and i mean there was a part of me that was like a real drive of i need to go back home and get my phone Cause yeah because what, what if something happens i mean what if what if one of the kids get sick what if you know and all these things just starts going crazy i'm like well you know my wife is available she can be reached if there's an emergency <laughs> i'm gonna go and just disconnect as far as from the phone right for a couple hours and it was great yes exactly so i I know that sounds a little bit abstract and random when we're saying acknowledge your emotion, um, accept yourself, create a choice, get get present with yourself. Mm-hmm. And w- when you're talking about sex being pleasurable, you want to be a person who knows how to enjoy pleasure throughout the day. Do you really enjoy your coffee? Do you enjoy your shower? Do you enjoy the feeling of your clothes against your skin? Do you enjoy uh, the taste of your toothpaste? I mean, just the yep. little things. Yep. Enjoy what, how things smell, how things feel, how things taste. And when you look in the mirror, do you really look at yourself? Or do you have too much shame to let yourself really look at yourself? And this goes for men and women. Yep. We are so full of shame for heaven knows what so instead if you look at yourself in the mirror with compassion and encouragement and love if you can fill yourself up with that and receive it then you have it to to bring to the bedroom and give it so I know you can do this there's all those a lot of exercises in there a lot of things to move forward with so listen again and choose what's going to work for you and and believe to move forward. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different things ways to to bring about change. And sure. the, and I think the whole point is you don't have to do all of them. Exactly. It's it's just do something. Do something that shifts the current course and usually this is an internal thing that then plays out relational. It's the I'm going to be more present and listen to my wife today. Yeah. I'm going to be more attuned to What's going on in my surroundings? I'm, whatever it is, yeah. It's just, it's just realize, I want to be a more active participant in my own life, and so I'm going to work towards that. Yeah, I'm like, hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> I can almost promise you will. <laughs> this is Sexy Marriage Radio. It's great to have you back with us, and I hope you have a great day. Absolutely. Tell your friends about us and come see us at sexymarriageradio.com and leave a review on iTunes. Bless you guys.